Hello, and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. My name is JD, and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com. And we have another month of questions from our anonymous Have a Question page. These eight questions are from August 2022. And there's one more I received, but I'm going to split it off into its own post because I felt a rant coming on when I started answering it. And usually that means I have a lot to say about that topic. So it's probably going to get its own post. Before we get to the questions, though, the Advent season is coming up. And so we're selling our Intimacy Advent Calendar again. If you've not heard of it before, if you remember getting Advent calendars as a kid, every day you get a chocolate or a toy or something. And for nearly a whole month, every day there was something exciting to look forward to the next day. Holidays don't exactly feel that way for us adults anymore though, do they? Sometimes the holidays just feel like a bit of a downer. Many couples struggle to maintain intimacy during the holidays, uh, and not just physical intimacy, that too, but also it's a high point for arguments and blowouts. So we wanted to make something that encouraged couples to draw together during the season and give back a sense of excitement into the holidays. So we put together an advent calendar for couples. It took us a while to figure out how to manage things like visitations, which is less of a problem the last couple of years, big dinners, people's differing boundaries and comfort levels around certain sexual activities and travel and even periods. But I think we found a fairly elegant solution to work for you no matter what you have going on. And it all starts December 1st. So if you want to try it out this year, there's still time. It's currently 25% off with the coupon code Black Friday. Yeah, I know it's past Black Friday, but I extended it till the end of the month. If you want to check it out, there's a link in the show notes and you can go there and see if it's something that you want. And now onto the questions. Question one writes, hi JD, great podcast listening in Australia. How do I come clean to my husband that I have been faking it pretty much since we have started sleeping together? We have been married for four years and have a fairly healthy slash active sex life. However, I have never had an orgasm through penetration ever. I'm okay with other forms of sex, example, oral, manual stimulation, etc. I fake it during intercourse because I don't want him to feel bad for not being able to get me there. He also tends to prolong sex when he thinks I haven't climaxed and I get sore and frustrated. It's easier just to fake it. Yeah, that can be hard to say. Sorry, I've been lying to you for four years. But I think that's exactly how you start. Something like, honey, I have something to tell you that I'm scared to tell you about. For the last four years or more, I've been faking some of my orgasms. While I can orgasm from oral and manual, etc., I haven't been able to during penetration. I should never have faked it. I realize it was a lie and it doesn't help me or you. And it's been robbing both of us from potentially learning how to help me orgasm during penetration. Will you forgive me? And put in your own words or whatever and adjust it as you need to. And he might be a bit hurt and upset and embarrassed, etc. But more than likely, he'll be happier with the truth in the long run. Now, If you don't know already, about two-thirds of women don't orgasm through penetration alone. That said, these stats often come from college campuses, and married women tend to have a much higher rate. And it goes up the longer that they're married. You've only been married four years, so you're still fairly much in that kind of newlywed stage. Incidentally, nurses also tend to have a much higher rate. So it seems that both practice and understanding anatomy helps bring this about. Now, if you're already having orgasms through other means, that gives you a head start. If you're already married and have a husband who clearly cares about your pleasure. So I think you have a really good chance of learning to orgasm from penetration as well. Of course, there's no guarantee, but I think that opportunity starts with being honest about what is and isn't working. And you can't do that if you're faking orgasms. 
All right. Question two is, hi, I was wondering if there's anything wrong with wanting my wife to wear a cute adult diaper out in public under her little black dresses when we go out for dinner and using them to wet only. I'm not sure why I like this idea, but it gets me really excited and she's open to trying most things. Thank you. All right. Uh, I think there are two issues here. The first is that there's a clear violation of God's created order. We are supposed to go from being infants to adults. This desire to infantilize your wife goes against that direction. The second issue I see is that you specifically mention when she's going out to dinner. So when there are other people around. To me, this points that part of this thing that excites you is the degradation or humiliation of her. Others have to witness it in order for it to be arousing, or there has to be a threat of them witnessing it, it seems. I think this also is a clear violation of the principle that Christians should encourage and build up each other rather than tear each other down, which you can find in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11. Yes, I think this is problematic for those two reasons. Even if it were in private, I, I still don't think it would be a good idea. And question three comes along the same lines. This person writes, I have a wet and messy fetish coupled with a humiliation fetish and an incredible life that gets a great laugh out of fulfilling my fetishes for me. At random times when I'm dressed in formal clothes after dinner out, she'll ask me to go check the temperature of the hotel pool near where others are and push me in. Sometimes she'll let me stray dry just so I don't know for sure what's going to happen each time. She also pies me in the face randomly and sometimes unexpectedly like old-fashioned slapstick comedy or tips messy food like custard, etc. straight over my head. It's my dream to be pied at a restaurant by a waitress like they do at some restaurants for your birthday. My question, is there anything wrong with including other people in on this? We want to have someone else push me into the pool fully closed or gunge me with custard, pie me, etc. while my wife enjoys watching it and recording it. Thanks for your thoughts. Like I said, of course, this has a lot of overlap with the previous questions. There's humiliation and degradation as well as the involvement of other people. So I think the question that should be asked is, why is it that you want to be degraded and humiliated? Is there some reason that you don't feel that you should be treated with respect? As Christians, we are co-heirs with Christ. We acknowledge that our creator of the universe made us all, that Jesus died for us despite our sins. In short, God loves us as we are. Why is it that you don't love yourself? Why do you feel this need to be torn down? That would be my question in return. All right, question number four is simply, does giving oral sex show how much you love your spouse? I think the short answer is no. There can be a lot of things going on that might result in someone being unwilling or unable to engage in oral sex. And yes, a lack of love could be one of them, but not necessarily. That said, I think it can definitely be a loving act, and I think it can be interpreted as one, but the presence or lack of oral sex in a marriage isn't a clear indicator of the presence or lack of love. Um, but I know it can really feel that way sometimes, especially if you're really fixated on one thing like oral sex and that's not happening. I think a lot of people tend to twist their heads around it and they get so focused on that, they forget about all the other stuff that's going on in the relationship. And then they start reciprocating the love that they're not feeling through that one act. And this is how relationships start to break down. When you are, have an expectation of what something should be, and because that expectation isn't being met, you miss everything else. And I think this is a dangerous path to go down. So if you're starting to think, hey, my spouse doesn't love me because they're not giving me oral sex, slow down, take a stock of what else is going on in the relationship, have an adult conversation about it, and 
share and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Please help me feel otherwise. And that doesn't mean they have to give you oral sex. That means that, hey, maybe you should be reminded they actually love you and all the other things that they do. Question five is another short one. How could someone feel lonely if they're married? And is it wrong to feel this way? So how can they feel that way? There can be lots of reasons. Being married isn't a solution to loneliness. It doesn't mean an automatic connection. It it doesn't make you love someone or feel loved. And there are many people who are married who feel lonely. Either they don't feel loved or they don't feel appreciated, heard, understood, or a variety of other things to make them feel connected. And is it wrong? That's a harder question, and I'm going to try to phrase it in a way that won't be misinterpreted. Ideally, in a marriage, neither spouse should feel lonely. Both ideally would be loving each other, both working on understanding each other, both working on communicating effectively, and so both would feel connected, loved, understood, and appreciated. That said, people are human. We are flawed, sinful, and we don't come with built-in skills for marriage. So I think it's quote-unquote normal to feel lonely at times, but not right, if that makes sense. If you feel lonely, that's an indication that there's something that needs some work. It could be your perception, it could be your attitude, it could be your spouse's behaviors, more than likely it's a mix of all of the above. So start a conversation with your spouse. Tell them how you feel, tell them what you're looking for. Most spouses want their spouse to feel loved and they want to be loved in return. They just don't always know how to do that. And we are terrible at mind reading. So don't expect them to just pick up on how you're feeling or how to fix it. Talk through it, make a plan together, and then execute it. And if you need help, I've coached numerous couples through times of disconnect in their marriage and help them get back to a connected state. All right. Question number six, we have another short one. Does chastity play with both male or female have psychological consequences? So when we were discussing this in our supporters forum, someone said everything has psychological consequences at some level, which started a whole discussion about that. And so to cut that discussion short, I'm going to assume you mean negative long-term consequences. And I would actually guess that there is some psychological consequence that's already occurred before you get to the point of chastity play. The only times I ever hear this play mentioned are in dynamics where there's already some concern with the relationship and they're trying to use chastity to play to sidestep it or cover it up or blow past it or something rather than deal with the issue itself. That said, it's not something that I've come across a lot from couples, so it could just be that I have too small of a data set to actually have a wider perspective on this. If this isn't the case in your marriage, please let me know what's going on in your relationship and what led you to this, because I'm quite curious to see if this is a recurring pattern that happens all the time, or if I'm just way off base. All right, question seven is, hey Jay, one of our fantasies as a couple is to have sex outside. Not so as to get caught, but just the taboo of not being in a bed. However, this sounds tricky. I was hoping you could ask in your forum to get some tips and advice or ideas from other couples who have done it outside successfully, or maybe even things to avoid. Thanks. So a few people in our forum have or have had public sex regularly. Usually it's because they live in a rural area, they own a bit of land themselves or a very secluded backyard, and there's practically a zero chance of getting caught. Now that said, remember, if you do get caught, 
there can be some serious consequences. I'm not a lawyer, but I believe that in some jurisdictions, if you get caught by a minor or they have reason to suspect you could have been caught by a minor, you can be charged as a sex offender, which can really mess up your life. So be very careful about that. Other than that, I think mostly just use common sense. Bring a blanket is smart because there are bugs. Watch out for poison ivy. If you don't know what poison ivy looks like, figure out what it looks like if it's in your area. Yeah, make sure you don't get caught. That that would be the biggest thing. The rest of it are probably just going to add some short-term annoyances and inconveniences, but getting caught could have some real long-term implications. So that would be the biggest thing. And lastly, question number eight. Uh, this person writes, I've been married over a year and my wife has never experienced an orgasm. We will often spend up to an hour just doing whatever she wants to get there, but no luck. She enjoys it, although can never finish, and she always feels unsatisfied. And so do I because of it. She isn't interested in toys, so wondering where to go from here. Okay, so this is not abnormal. Lots of women take a while to figure out how to orgasm, and even more men take a while to figure out how to help them orgasm, as you saw in the previous question. What can you do? First, orgasm ability in women is closely correlated with uh, length of the relationship, knowledge of biology, and comfort in their own sexuality. There's also, of course, number four, arousal and eroticism, but it sounds like you're trying to tackle that with the hour of foreplay and fun. Yeah, let's go through these. The length of the relationship will take care of itself as long as you stay together, so nothing really to do there other than don't get divorced. For increasing your knowledge of biology, I would highly recommend the book Married Sex by Gary Thomas and Deborah Valida. I'm probably mispronouncing her name. Sorry about that. I haven't finished the book myself. My wife and I are reading through it, but there are some chapters that give some fairly explicit information in an educational and not erotic matter, which is the same balance I strive to achieve. So far, this book has been fantastic. In the long run, feeling that sex is good and holy can help her feel comfortable in her own sexuality as well. I have two resources for that. Uh, the first is Intimacy Ignited, which is another book. Uh, it's by Dillo, Dillo, Pintus, and Pintus. It's actually two couples. It's a great book on Song of Solomon that can help frame a biblical view of sexuality. I went through this book with a small group, and it was amazing. The second resource for this is our course, actually, called Becoming More Sexually Engaged, which is for Christian wives, which will be running in January. I've had many women go through the course and become more orgasmic. I don't know if I've had any go from pre-orgasmic to orgasmic yet, but we have had wives who couldn't orgasm through sex become orgasmic during sex through the course. Other than that, communication helps. I'd also suggest manual masturbation it's going to be a lot easier for her to figure out what works best if there's an immediate feedback loop because she's touching herself. And I know that can be awkward at first if you don't do that or if you've never done it before together. But I would highly recommend getting over that and learning to be vulnerable with each other and just get over that taboo of being able to touch yourself in front of your partner. And lastly, on the topic of arousal and eroticism, maybe check out our ebook, Introduction to Talking Dirty. There's a link to it in the show notes. I've received so many emails from wives saying how much this helped them in the bedroom. Women tend to need to be mentally aroused as well as physically, and Talking Dirty can really help with that. So there are a bunch of things to try. If you're still stuck after trying them out, shoot me an email and I'm more than willing to brainstorm more ideas for you. 
And that's it for this month. Like I said, I'll have another post up soon with a question I split off. It's probably going to cause a bit of a stir, so stay tuned for it. Also, just so you don't forget, um, yeah, if you're interested in the Intimacy Advent Calendar, go check it out. Use a coupon code Black Friday for 25% off. You still have time. You can buy it, download it immediately, and start printing it. And you can be ready for December 1st. And worst case scenario, if you're late, I've had people do the full full December up until Christmas. I've seen people do two weeks of it. I've seen people just do one week of it. I've seen people do only seven days of it, but split over, up over two weeks because they just felt it was too much to jump right into. It's extremely versatile and you can play around with it however you like. And that's it for today. Talk to you next time.